if you're a believer, would you stand and let's just give God praise one more time for letting us be in his house. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Judge Clayton, Miss Davis, we're so honored to have you. Thank you for being in service with us. It is a great privilege to have you. If you have your Bibles, would you go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5? And if you didn't bring it, the scripture will come up on the screen. But here's a little bit of humor for you. Okay, y'all know I like to make you smile. So here it goes. So the Catholics were huddled in heaven. St. Peter came by, going to take them where they needed to go. And he just looked at him and he said, now listen, when you go by room 201, you just need to be quiet. He said, okay. So then Peter comes back and he gets the Baptist and he says, listen, when you go by 201, uh, you just need to be quiet when you pass that room. And they're all right. So then Peter comes back to the Episcopalians. And uh, Episcopalian priest, he says, uh, he says, St. Peter, we noticed that every time you take a group by 201, they have to get real quiet. He says, what's the deal there? He said, oh, that's uh, where the Pentecostals are at, and they think they're the only ones saved, so you need to be real quiet. Brothers and sisters, my dad often taught me this. We're going to be probably shocked who is there. And we're probably going to be shocked who isn't there. You just make sure that you get yourself there. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Father, we just thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that we feel in this room. It was prevalent from the opening prayer. And we thank you because only the power of your spirit has the absolute ability to transform lives. And God, I just pray for the next few minutes that you would just anoint my mind and my mouth and this word. That it would be more than just words on a page. But Lord, it would be a letter inscribed on our hearts so that we can fulfill our mission and our purpose in the earth. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I want you to turn your attention to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5 and verse 2. It says this, Be full of love, following the example of Christ, who loved you, and gave himself to God as a sacrifice to take away our sins. In other words, the writer here in Ephesians is telling us to follow the example of Christ. In other words, to live like Jesus, you have to love like Jesus. I'm going to say it again. It's more fun when we all participate. To live like Jesus, you have to love like Jesus. Can I get a witness in this house? Jesus loves everybody. 
Can I tell you, Jesus loves the people you don't like. Jesus loves the people that don't vote like you. Jesus loves people you disagree with. Jesus loves people you think are evil. Jesus loves everybody. And the Bible says this in Matthew 9. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. When we see the crowds, we worry about a parking spot. When Jesus saw the crowds, he saw the crowds as they were people that were like sheep without a shepherd. They didn't know which way to turn. They didn't know really what the purpose of life was all about. So he had compassion upon them. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to live like Jesus, we need to have compassion like Jesus. See, not only does Jesus love the world, but there's actually something that he loves more than the world. Can I tell you what it is? It's the church. He loves the church. The reason why everything exists is because God wanted a family. The universe exists. Planet Earth exists. There would be nothing upon this earth. There would be no human race if God did not want a family. But God wanted a family and he created a family called the church. And the only thing that is not going to be destroyed, there's going to be a new heaven And there's going to be a new earth. But God's family is going to live on forever. Here's what Matthew 16 and 18 says. Jesus speaking. I will build my church. I want to go to Matthew 16 and 18. He says, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to remind you that Jesus is not interested in building institutions. He's not interested in building universities. He is not interested in building government organizations. Jesus has one business. And he says, I must be about my father's business. And that is building the church of the living God. Here's the second thing I want to bring to you. In order to live like Jesus, we got to care like Jesus. Can I get a witness? See, not everything is equally important. Not everything is equally valuable. Some things are going to last five minutes. Some things are going to last five years. Some things may even last 50 years. But there are Some things that are going to last forever. And we, ladies and gentlemen, should invest our life in the things that matter. We have a mission. 
And part of our God-called mission is to bring others into God's family. You and I have to understand you have a purpose that is bigger than you. And that is eternal. And the only thing that is going to live forever is people. Not organizations, not politics, not the U.S. government. But people are going to live forever. I can promise you this. Everything in People magazine two weeks ago. You can't even remember the person that's on the cover of People magazine two weeks ago. You know why? Because it's a fad. Because it doesn't last forever. People don't realize this, but there's a lot of things that Jesus don't care about. I got five of you with me. I'm going to say it again. There's a lot of things Jesus don't care about. He really didn't care about the opinions of other people. He really didn't care about religious traditions. He constantly made religious leaders mad. Why? Because Jesus values, get this, if you have woke up, wake up. Jesus vows or he he values relationships over rules. Can I say it again? He values relationships over rules. He values people more than our traditions. So he healed people on the Sabbath and the religious leaders didn't like it and they told him to stop doing that. Why did he keep on doing it? Because he always puts people first. Jesus loves people. And if we're going to live like Jesus, we got to love like Jesus. And if we're going to live like Jesus, we got to care like Jesus. Can I keep going? Everybody hang on. Jesus, his purpose was not politics. Oh, I knew it was going to get quiet. A politician talked to Jesus about politics. His name was Pilate. Asked him the question. He said, tell me about your kingdom. And here's Jesus' response. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, then my servants, they would fight. But my kingdom is not of this world. Y'all stay with me. Jesus did not, his main purpose was not to come and overthrow Roman rule. He was not trying to reform or revise Rome. He did not come to change the political system of Israel. Now, I'm not saying that politics is not important. Don't misconstrue me. We should vote. I'm going to say that again. We should vote. We should do our part to help strengthen this great country. We do need righteous men and women in political office. I'm all about, brothers and sisters, changing the laws of the land to be in alignment with biblical principles. 
But understand what I'm trying to convey to you. Jesus saw the bigger picture. He understood that the whole foundation of politics starts in the human heart. And Jesus came to change human hearts. Because out of our heart is where evil comes from. When righteous men and women have a change of heart, they don't need a bunch of laws to make them do what's right. I'm going to try to make that make sense. If you know a little bit about your Bible, you know there was a man named Joseph. And Joseph lived before God gave the law to Moses. And one of the laws God gave to Moses is thou shalt not commit adultery. But Joseph didn't have that law because he lived before the time of Moses. But if you read in the book of Genesis, you will find that when Potiphar's wife came to seduce Joseph, he ran. Because even though there was no law, he already knew in his heart that wasn't the right thing to do. See, here's what I'm saying. The best way we can change the political landscape of America is to see God transform human hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. I really like what one guy said. He said it like this. This guy's talking about his friend. He said, he built a bridge between my heart and his and Jesus Christ walked across. Boy, I like that. I really like that. I think we ought to go into our neighborhoods and if a person, if the man likes golf, then we ought to just start talking to him about golf and then just try to build a bridge in relationship. You like golf? Let's talk about golf. And as we're building this bridge called a relationship, Jesus is going to walk across the bridge from our heart to their heart and they're going to see something in our life that they like so much. It's going to give you an opportunity to invite them into a small group or to celebrate recovery or to this house. Why? Because they see something and they feel something and they can tell there's something different about you. We need to stop building these walls and let's build bridges into people's hearts so the landscape of America can change. Somebody give God some praise in this house. Can I keep preaching? Y'all buckle up. Here we go. Jesus was not concerned about getting rich. I better bring out the King James version on this one. Look at Luke 12 and 15. Life is not measured by how much one owns. Here's the King James. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things. Jesus was saying this, that the greatest things in life are not things. The greatest things in life, believe it or not, are things money can't buy. You can't buy the anointing. 
I know y'all may not feel what I'm feeling, but I tell you, I feel the anointing on me right now. And I don't care if you got a million bucks, you can't buy it. You can't buy the power in the presence of God that is in this room. You can buy a pill, but you can't buy peace. Come on, somebody. You can try to buy happiness, but you can't buy joy. The greatest things in life are things that you can't buy. Life is not about acquisition. Life is about love. That's why God gave you a cantankerous boss. Because he wants you to learn how to love. That's why God gave you a stubborn wife. Because he wants you to learn how to love. That's why God gave you a mean husband. Because he wants you to learn how to love. Because life is not about the accumulation of things. Life is learning how to love like Jesus. If we're going to live like Jesus, we got to love like Jesus. If we're going to live like Jesus, we got to care like Jesus. Life is not about collecting things. Life is about relationships. Here's what the scripture says in Luke 12 and 15. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possessed. In other words, please get this. If you're taking notes, write this down. Your value as a person has nothing to do with what you own. We've witnessed this in the last two years. You can have a beautiful house. Hurricane Laura comes through and you don't have a house. You can have a wardrobe full of clothes. Hurricane Laura comes through and you don't have any clothes. Whatever it may be, brothers and sisters, I'm just here. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to remind all of us that, listen, the American way is not God's way. The American dream is not God's dream. God doesn't have a problem with you owning a lot as long as it don't own you. God doesn't have a problem with you being wealthy as long as you understand I'm wealthy to promote the purposes of the kingdom. I'm going to use what God has blessed me with to advance the kingdom of God. Roll up here in a Rolls Royce. Just take me for a ride. But I'm going to tell you, you ain't taking that to heaven. You're not taking your King Ranch truck to heaven. You're not taking your mattress to heaven. You're not taking anything that you have accumulated to heaven. You came into this world naked and you're going to leave out with nothing. You're not taking anything to heaven but your character. That's why God wants your character to be right. That's why you go through test and trial and tribulation. Because he's working things out of you. God says this in Matthew 6 and 33. Seek first. Say it with me. Seek first. Seek first your kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then he made a promise. Made a promise. Then all these things will be added unto you. If you get this right... God don't mind blessing you. He wants to bless you. But he wants you to stay focused on what is the most important. Here's the third thing I want to share with you. If you're going to live like Jesus, you've got to get angry like Jesus. You, you said, oh, I thought anger was a sin. 
No, no, not necessarily. Let me read. Let me read the scripture to you. Here's what it says. Ephesians 4 and 26. Be angry without sinning. Now, most of us don't do that too well. (laughs) Well, I love how y'all all get cute and religious on a Sunday morning. Hey, I've been around 30 years. I know human nature better. You're not as cute on Monday as you are on Sunday. I'm going to call you out. Y'all looking at me like I lost my mind. All right. Unless you want to lie. How many's ever got angry? Let me see your hand. Uh, That's exactly right. How many think you may have sinned once in your life when you got angry? Now we go. Now we're getting honest. Come on. But the scripture tells us to be angry and sin not. Can I preach this morning? Here's why I know the Bible is true. I have people ask me this and I tell y'all this all the time. I believe the Bible is true for many reasons, but for one reason, man would have never written such a high standard for himself. Never. Man would not have written such a high standard for himself. This right here is the work of the Holy Spirit. Please hear me. You cannot reach the standard of this in your flesh. This is why the scripture says you must be born again of the watering of the spirit. Why? Because you can't do this with willpower. You and I have got to have God's power to reach the standard of what God wants in our life. Can I get a witness? See, this is why a toaster don't work unless it's plugged in. This is why a blender don't work unless it's plugged in. Why it's got to get plugged into the power source. You can't work on willpower alone. 90 days, your willpower is gone. How many of you ever joined a gym and in 90 days you you didn't show back up? Let me see your hand. Oh, some of you are lying. Some of you are not telling the truth. You paid good money. You're mad at yourself because you paid good money come January. Ooh, I'm going to get this body in shape, baby. Listen to me. 31 days later. Oh, I just don't feel like going. That's the same way it is in Christianity. You can't live this. It's too high without the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness? So let me talk about anger for just a moment. There's a right anger and there's a wrong anger. The wrong anger is the kind of selfish anger. It's the kind of anger that says, you hurt me. You frustrate me. You wounded my pride. You hurt my ego. That is selfish anger. The right kind of anger is anger that is based in love. And I'm going to just throw this in as a side note. Somebody ought to get angry about two million girls a year being sold into sex slavery. Somebody ought to get angry about that. Somebody ought to get angry about the epidemic of drug abuse in America. Somebody ought to get angry about that. I know. Oh, dear God, help me. Sweet Jesus. It's amazing how we'll, you know, not make drugs legal, but we make alcohol legal. And yet it is a drug. Somebody ought to get angry about drunk drivers. 
Come on, if you can't give me a Pentecostal amen, give me a good old Baptist nod. I'm talking about somebody ought to get angry about some stuff. Why? Because it's hurting the human race. It's hurting Americans. It's hurting us. And then, yes, unless we get passionate about something, we'll sit on the sidelines and say, let somebody else do something about it. But we ought to get some righteous indignation and say, you know what? We need to be building bridges from our heart to everybody we meet. No matter where they've come from, their past, no matter what they've done, we need to let Jesus walk across the bridge of our heart man I gotta hurry Mm. do you know Jesus got angry yes he did he got angry never one time do I see where he got angry with unbelievers but he got angry with the religious folks for trying to put burdens on them that they themselves would not be willing to carry Jesus got angry when the needs of children went unmet Here's Mark 10 and 14. He said, do not push these children away. Don't you ever. He was irate. Don't you ever come between me and these children. These children are at the very center of the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something that's startling. 25% of Anglo kids in America grow up without a father. 50% of all Hispanics grow up without a father. 65% of African American children grow up without a father. Can I tell you, I think that makes Jesus mad. I think it makes him mad. That is one reason why I am so sanctified, proud of these men and these women going through these step studies because they're doing the hard work to become better fathers, better husbands, and better men, and better women, and better mothers. Hey, I'm telling you, I am sanctified, proud of these men and women. God is looking for people to use and he doesn't care how little talent you have. He doesn't care what you have done in the past. He doesn't care how much you have messed up or what you are ashamed of. He says, where is your heart right now? God is looking at our hearts. And if you'll say, God, use me, I'm here to tell you God will make you a world changer. If you get an alignment to his kingdom and his purposes and love what he loves. Here's the last one I want to give you. If you're going to live like Jesus, you got to love like Jesus. If you're going to live like Jesus, you got to care. Like Jesus. If you're going to live like Jesus, you've got to get angry about the things he gets angry. Here's the last one. If you're going to live like Jesus, we got to serve like Jesus. Can I say it again? We got to serve like Jesus. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 20 and 28. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served. I want you to get that verse, please. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to do what? To give. Everybody say give. Give. If you're going to be like Jesus, guess what? 
you're going to serve others. You're going to give yourself away. Here's one of the amazing things. If you will make the switch from living for yourself to living for Jesus, your happiness meter is going to go way up. You say, I'm not very happy this morning. There's probably a number of reasons for that, but one of them is you're probably not serving others. One of the happiest times of my life is when I get to serve you the Word of God. One of the happiest times of my life is when I sat at L2 can last night from 6 o'clock to 7.30 with a group of men just trying to pour whatever I got. It's not much, but whatever it is, just trying to pour it out. But you're not going to be happy if you're not serving. You say, Pastor, I can't do too much. Can you drive a golf cart? Can you drive the sweet little old ladies to get closer to church? You say, Pastor, I can't do much. Can you make a pot of soup for somebody not feeling well? You say, Pastor, I can't do much. Can you steal away 15 minutes and pray that God would move in every service when we come so we don't waste one Sunday so lives can be transformed? You say, Pastor, I can't do too much. I'm going to tell you, everybody in this room, you have a gift, you have a talent, you have a treasure. Don't let the devil tell you that you're not worth much. If Jesus Christ found you, picked you up, and gave you salvation, he thinks you're worth something. And he wants you working and serving in the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise in this house. Teenagers, please hear your pastor. This may, this may not compute, not because you're not... Smart, but just because you're young. But I just want to go ahead and tell you, please hear me. You're never going to find self-esteem through status symbols. Self-esteem, I want this to come up on the screen, please. Does not come from status or it does not come from sex or salary. It comes from service. It comes from you and I giving ourselves to something greater than ourselves. And that is the kingdom of God. What are you saying? I am saying that God wants you to do more than just come here on a Sunday and sit and soak and get sour. God wants you to say, how can I serve? How can I give my life away? How can I advance the kingdom of God? Can I get a witness? Jesus says it like this in Mark 8 and 35. Here it is. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. Let me break down what Jesus is saying there. He's saying you're going to lose the meaning of your life. You're going to lose the purpose of your life. You're going to lose the joy of your life and you're going to waste your life. I'm not picking on nobody. But some of these Hope House guys will tell you. If they could do it all over again, they'd do it all over again. Because they feel like the bulk of their life was wasted. Why? Because they was living it for themselves. And the greatest joy you're going to ever have is when you give your life away. You have a choice to make. Either you can waste your life or you can give your life. See, there, there's two people in this room. 
There's givers and there's takers. I said there's givers and there's takers. And takers are miserable. They're always irritated and there's all, always angry. And here's the next caveat. It's always everybody else's fault. Y'all know it's the truth. But you know what givers are? Givers are happier. They're more content. They're more satisfied with their life because they understand what life is all about. It's not all about me and mine and what I can get and what I can accumulate. Jesus said, if you'll seek first his kingdom and if you'll give your life away, all this other stuff will be added unto you. I'm going to wrap this up. You want to leave a legacy? I do. I'm going to be honest with you. I do. I want to leave a legacy. I want my life to count. I want to make a difference in people's lives. If that's what you want, then here's what I'm going to recommend. Do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? If you want to make your life count, live like Jesus lived. Love like He loves. Love like Jesus loves. Red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in His sight. You want your life to make a difference? Then care like Jesus. Get angry like Jesus. And then serve like Jesus. Brothers and sisters, this church, I am so excited about what God is doing because I can see the breakthrough of miracles happening in this community because I believe that some of us are truly getting this in our spirit. And we're going to start building bridges to people in our neighborhood, in our schools, in our universities. Because the way, if we want to change America, the way we can change America is to share Jesus. And when Jesus gets in people's heart, life transformation starts happening. Political views start changing. Families start coming back together. Fathers start, start getting back in their homes and being who they're supposed to be. And it all starts... When we love like Jesus, when we care like Jesus, when we get angry like Jesus, and when we serve like Jesus. Would you stand to your feet? Would you bow your head? I want to pray over us this morning. Father, I want you to change my heart. I want you to change my heart to be more like you. God, I want to care about the things that you care about. I want to love people that don't vote like me, don't look like me. I want to love people that don't agree with me. Yes, I even want to love people I don't like. Lord, Help us not to care about what the world calls important. Help me to care about what you think is important. Father, I'm asking you this morning to 
Help us keep our eyes on the things that matter most. When we see kids abused and poor people caught in a trap, help us to get righteous indignation about the evil that is going on in our world. God, help me to serve others. Lord, help us to build a bridge from our hearts to someone else's heart and let you walk across and change their life. Now I've given whatever God has given me, I've given it away to you now. It's yours. Now I want to challenge you to do something with it. If you don't have to leave, don't leave. If you have to, I understand. But I want to challenge this great church to not just be a hearer of the word, but to be a doer of the word. I'm going to give you three choices this morning. One, you can step out from where you are and you can come and raise your hands and just ask God, God, Help me not to just hear this word, but to do it. Or you can stand right there where you're at and pray that same prayer. Or you can actually sit down on your pew. But I'm just asking you, if you don't have to, don't walk out. Brothers and sisters, y'all know this. We've got less time than we've ever had. And the best way to change this community is to love like Jesus, care like Jesus, get angry like Jesus, and serve like Jesus. I'm just asking, all I'm asking you to do is take three minutes and just ask God as they sing, let this get in your heart.
everybody before we go home, sing it. Here, let's go. night because David's father is a scholar. The man is a scholar. Y'all want to tell y'all about this, about David's father. David's father pastors a church in Madisonville. He has three services a week at Huntsville State Prison. Check this out. The man has personally baptized over 10,000 inmates in Jesus' name. It's amazing. It's amazing. I just ask you to make a special effort to be here Wednesday night and you will not be disappointed. Judge Davis, Miss Davis, what an honor to have you this morning. It's such an honor. Thank you. Thank you. So they are up at the front and they would love to meet you and greet you. So if you would like to come, they want to meet you, greet you, shake your hand, introduce yourself. They'll stay here as long as you want to stay. God bless you. You have a blessed day, and I hope to see many of you back on Wednesday night to hear about the power of Jesus' name. Have a great day.